Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 139 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about the pregnenolone steel, which is a concept we've hit on briefly in other episodes, but we've never really dug super deep on. And if you have absolutely no idea what that is, that's totally fine. You're not alone. Um, We'll go over the basics of the 101 of pregnenolone, symptoms of low pregnenolone, and what this can mean for your hormones, and of course, how you can intervene to create balanced hormones and energy. We're also going to cover a couple of burning listener questions at the end of today's episode. But first, we've just come off a super fun Memorial Day weekend in Roundtop where we were scoping out the Wander Inn and starting to turn our wheels on a food as medicine retreat that's coming up in October. Yes, we had such a blast. This was my second visit to the Wander Inn and Becky's first. And we connected with the Junk Gypsies, uh, both sisters, Jolie and Amy, um, about uh, half of a year ago. They had been hitting us up on Instagram, and Jolie's a big podcast fan. So, hey, girl, I know you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, shout out. Thanks for everything this weekend, Jolie. Yeah. So uh, they have such a beautiful space, Um, these two rustic farm homes that they've converted into literally the most (laughs) perfect bliss, good combination of rock and roll and glam and uh, a whole lot of Texas heart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, Becky and I had so much fun shopping at Junk Gypsies. I got Becky her first official pair of cowgirl boots. Yeah, I'm a Texan now. uh, (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Once you pass the 10-year mark, you need a legit pair of lane boots. And Junk Gypsies has a nice um, partnership where they have these custom boots. They're awesome. And if you're not into Texas cowgirl boots and that whole thing, you'll still have an incredible experience. I'm looking at curating a retreat that I am tentatively naming Adrenal Rehab. Very relevant to today's topic because (laughs) you guys are going to learn about the fact that the pregnenolone steel basically means that when you're in chronic stress mode, you pull pregnenolone to make cortisol and that is at the mercy or the imbalance of all of your sexual hormones. So we'll unpack that deeper, but this whole idea of adrenal rehab is going to be a weekend of shutting down with you know no screen time, reflecting on what stressors are driving us away from our feeling of balance, purpose, actualizing our goals, and really manifesting the, the way that we show up within our body, mind, and soul, and giving us an opportunity to put up the white flag of surrender, but also end the weekend recharged and ready to take on the world with more resilience to stress. So it is a women's only retreat. Um, We're going to do all sorts of fun movement, um, one movement style called prana shakti, which is like energy dance and release, release of built up um, blockage in the body. And it's just going to be awesome. Um, a, A little bit of, a little bit of hippie, a little bit of woo, a whole lot of functional medicine and science and delicious food as medicine farm to table experience. Uh, We hope to be able to announce pre-sale and uh, details in July. So stay tuned, bear with us. I don't have any early links for those of you guys that are already tapping up on (laughs) Instagram and asking for more details. It is going to be limited availability. So stay tuned. I'll definitely be announcing on Instagram and um, with our newsletter. So if you guys are uh, podcast listeners and you follow me on social media, but you aren't subscribed to the Naturally Nourished newsletter, we'll be sure we put a link in today's show notes as well. Every week we have a recap of highlights of show notes, links, discount codes of our favorite products, new blog recipes, and always up-to-date research and information to help to empower you on using food as medicine. Yes. So definitely sign up for the newsletter. So you're the first to know when we do launch the retreat pre-sale 
And, and all of the things. Like yes. anytime something's <laughs> coming out, a newsletter yep. is the best way to yep. find out. And it's yep. free. <laughs> and then we've got the anti-anxiety diet cookbook pre-sale. I know you're in final edits of this at least first round of push. Um, and we yeah. have some time to kind of scope over that and, and look through the introductory materials, um, finishing up some loose ends of photo edits. So pre-sale is available on Amazon and I know it was on sale a couple of weeks ago. I assume it still is on sale for the discounted price. I think it was like 12 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So go on over and grab one and pre-sale is so helpful because that actually shows store locations, the demand and helps with the initial push when the book releases. And right now we're hoping for mid-September. So anti-anxiety diet cookbook, it is filled with over 90 anti-inflammatory, gut-restoring, microbiome-balancing, anxiety-reducing, and mood-stabilizing recipes that taste amazing and will help to make sure that you and your household is totally grounded and mellow. Good things for everyone. Yes. And on that vein, we had some time this weekend to start flushing out our um, tour, the book tour for the cookbook. So we've got a few stops planned within Texas. Obviously, we'll start in Austin and Houston, hit San Antonio, and then we're thinking a Seattle, Portland stop. Oh, and don't forget about Dallas. We're hitting Dallas yes, this Dallas time, too. guys. So <laughs> I will be going to yep. Dallas. Um, I didn't do that with any of my prior book tours, uh, but I definitely will be hitting Dallas. And then, yes, Seattle, Portland. Uh, California wing. I think I'm going to do San Francisco and maybe a swing through Napa because why not? And um, Midwest too, probably Chicago, Milwaukee. So I will officially be doing some form of, of a form uh, pretty soon that I'll be announcing once I get the book out to my publishers and then I'll kind of shift gears into full throttle book tour. A lot of you listeners have been hitting me up and offering locations, uh, local bookstores where you know owners of, or some of you have reached out about wellness studios that would love to feature me coming to lecture. So please keep feeling free to email all of that to info at AllieMillerRD.com. And I'm saving all of that and I'm taking that all into consideration when I'm planning where I will be flying. And then final, final announcement before we jump into Pregnant Alone is going to be that our next virtual Food as Medicine 12-week ketosis program launches July 3rd. And this one is guaranteed to sell out because what else is coming up in a couple weeks yeah, is KetoCon. Keto yes. So, so much fun stuff happening ahead. Uh, KetoCon will, will be bigger and better than ever. They are expecting over 2,500 people this year. So we only allow 150 in our class, and that's a pretty low percent conversion, and I will be one of the keynotes, so I'm pretty sure that following my lecture or around that timestamp, we will sell out. So we'll make sure that we give you a little bit of grace period of uh, promotion of the new launch. If you have not taken my Food is Medicine 12-week ketosis program, it is game change for results with a low-carb, high-fat diet. And if you're still keto curious, it is game change. If you are a keto veteran, you will get tools to adjust your direct diet to work best for your body and discover new ways to listen to the feedback of your body. And that's what it's really all about is finding balance and optimal health within the system of, of your body. So I'll link to that and everything we've just talked about in the show notes, including where you can find more information about when Allie will be lecturing for KetoCon. She's on two panels and one keynote lecture. Is that correct? Yeah. My lecture's on yep. Sunday, Sunday on the yep. main stage. And then Friday night, I'm on a medical expert panel. And I think that's it, actually. I don't think oh, I'm on two panels. Okay. Well, one panel. One lecture. That's, That's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so come give us a hug for sure if you're there and sign up for the keto program before all the KetoCon um, goers have a chance to sell out our spots. Yes. Okay. So let's rock into today's topic. And I think the most obvious question to start us off with for you, Allie, is what the heck is pregnenolone and why does this matter to me? Yeah, I think that's a great entry question. <laughs> so pregnenolone is a steroid hormone. And a steroid hormone is really just the definition of a structure of a, of, of a hormone, right? So it's a steroidal hormone that is 
produced in the body primarily from the building block of cholesterol. So that's the first point that's really important to understand. There are a couple different areas of the body where pregnenolone is synthesized or made. It is made primarily in the adrenal cortex. So you're going to see today in this concept, again, as I mentioned with the connection of adrenal rehab, that there's definitely higher demand for pregnenolone synthesis and conversion or rapid conversion of pregnenolone into other building blocks under high stress. So the adrenal cortex is that part of the gland that also makes our cortisol and our DHEA and aldosterone. So that's the part of the adrenals that makes our steroid hormones. And pregnenolone is also produced there. Pregnenolone is also made in the liver, in the brain, and then in the ovaries and testicles, so the sexual glands of men and women, and then even in the myelin sheath, which is the protective coating of our nerves, our nervous system. So we'll talk about the influence on neurological conditions and the impact of pregnenolone. As a precursor or a pro-hormone, it has the ability to build or convert into other hormones, including progesterone, which is one of the primary sexual hormones we think about in women to balance out estrogen. And in men, progesterone has favorable impact on uh, health with uh, prostate. It also can convert into cortisol, DHEA, testosterone, and estrogen. Okay. So a lot of important jobs that pregnenolone, which a lot of us might be hearing that for the first time ever, but it's got a lot of important functions in the body. Um, I think one super important thing to highlight here is that pregnenolone is, like you said, made from cholesterol. So this would potentially be a bigger issue for someone who has low cholesterol or who is on a statin drug. Yes, because when you're blocking that HM... HMO, HMOG, HMG CoA reductase. HMG CoA reductase. Yes. Thank you. You got it. (laughs) HMG CoA reductase pathway, you're blocking. We always talk about you when you block cholesterol production, you're also blocking things like vitamin D and testosterone and other hormone synthesis. But you're definitely in light of bringing down total cholesterol lowering the ability to produce pregnenolone, right? So when we block HMG-CoA reductase enzyme pathway in the liver, we're influencing that primary production of this steroid hormone. And this is one of the reasons why I have big concern with hypocholesterolemia or too low of cholesterol levels because we see impact, we're calling it statin brain, right? We're seeing dynamic impact on cognitive function, chronic fatigue, brain fog, difficulty concentrating. And a lot of that connects to the influencing factor that pregnenolone has a positive role on neurogenesis and cognitive health. So when we block a building block of this grandmama pregnenolone hormone and cholesterol levels are low, we can assume that also pregnenolone levels would be suppressed or low as well. So I like to see cholesterol levels at really a minimum of 180 total cholesterol to ensure that you have enough of this raw material. And it's so interesting because our doctors often will pat us on the back, like mine was 150. And my, my general practitioner is like, oh, that's fantastic. And I'm like, no, that's why my yeah. hormones are so effed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so above 180. And we'll talk about um, influence of, of testing mechanisms, kind of where to start testing and how um, testing our cholesterol can give us a good, at least starting point for how to intervene in terms of pregnenolone. But let's cover what this steal is all about. So how does yeah. pregnenolone get stolen? What does that mean? So it all, it all comes back to the HPA access. <laughs> it just does. I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I'm I'm just deeper and deeper and deeper since I took on the project of the anti-anxiety diet now almost two years ago. You know, my whole premise of that book was that anxiety is the Achilles heel of, of whole body wellness. And it, it's just like every layer of concept keeps coming back to, to that if you want to call it hypothesis or statement or or whatnot. And as I'm putting together the final works of the anti-anxiety diet cookbook, 
I'm working on, you know, other kind of strong pull quotes and, and whatnot. And, and one of mine is that, you know, stress when overlooked or unmanaged can silently unravel the function of the body or, or drive chronic distress, right? And the impact of chronic stress and the perceived survival mode of the body is what keeps us in reactive versus regulatory function. So this steel happens when the body is under HPA axis overdrive or reactive sympathetic stress mode, right? And we are using the hypothalamus and pituitary to drive the adrenals to surge cortisol as a survival mechanism, right? And cortisol is going to always be the highest priority in the hierarchy of hormones because the body prioritizes survival, right? So if the body is under this chronic stress, it's not going to prioritize making progesterone. It's not going to prioritize uh, making ample estrogen or testosterone, it's going to prioritize survival. And so the concept of the pregnenolone steel in a simplistic way is that your sexual hormones are going to be suppressed or downregulated on the pathways of production to shunt energy to produce higher amounts of cortisol. Okay. So that makes sense in terms of this hierarchy that cortisol is always going to come First, because at the end of the day, like the body doesn't want to die. And I think all of these other processes in the body, especially our reproductive hormones we've talked about before, get kind of this back burner effect. And it's, you know, in part a survival mechanism of we wouldn't want to carry a child anyway if we're under that chronic fight or flight stress. Absolutely. Right. So it is. And, you know, it's interesting to think of when, when we think of the way that stress affects women and men differently. It's important to understand that yes, testosterone can be suppressed under chronic stress and you know we've even talked about in past episodes with adrenal fatigue how when cortisol values are off cortisol values are going to upregulate visceral fat, right? Which is the fat that's closest to the organs and uh, excess cortisol can also interfere with testosterone production as well as conversion of testosterone into estrogen. So to some level, chronic stress can throw off sexual performance in men and fertility, you know, coming from, from men, spermogenesis is influenced by stress we've seen in research. But it's more so influential in women because men's contribution to fertility and maintaining, I'm sorry I laugh, but as a woman that's carried a child, yeah. sorry, men's guys. contribution <laughs> to maintaining survival of population is quite limited. It is like a second, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yes, they have to have viable swimmers. Like they do. That's essential. I don't want to downplay the role. But the female body is so much more hardwired and sensitive in these protective mechanisms, right? Because the female body has to actually surge progesterone to ensure that it can implant in the uterus, right, the healthy fertilized egg and maintain viability and protective state. So the, the stress threshold in women is much more generally speaking dynamic and influential um, because the fact that the woman has to carry the child full term. Got it. So that totally makes sense as to why we'd be seeing this pregnenolone connection. It, you know, pregnenolone exists both in men and in women. However, it's it's typically women that we see coming forth with this concern or, or primarily women. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, Along with that also, I think there's other mechanisms kind of full circle for listeners to consider beyond the fact that the female body has to carry the child through the viability uh, and, and the body has to be in a regulatory right mode versus reactive, which is where we're getting that active stealing going on. Also is the emotional elements of, you know, women aren't as good, generally speaking, of saying no. We think community. We think giving. <laughs> we take on beyond our expectations. Uh, you know, we are the primal, when we, especially when we have children, we always put them first. And so it's this, and going back to the importance of this adrenal rehab retreat of just kind of allowing our ability to, to step back and say, wow, taking on too much 
could actually be creating this, this root cause of distress within my system. And sometimes doing less is going to be doing so much more for my body. Got it. So beyond the actual, um, you know, pathways in the body, our actual hormone production, our ability to carry a child, also our lifestyle and kind of where women end up on that spectrum of, you know, being the, the ones to carry all the burdens, but hopefully we haven't lost, um, (laughs) all our male listeners. We're still, you know, you guys are totally, totally still applies to you guys too. Um, what would be, um, signs and symptoms of low pregnant alone? What would we be looking for? I know you mentioned, um, weight gain with cortisol connection and that visceral fat gain could be a part of that. Yeah. And and so I think maybe before we unpack more of that, let's, sure. let's go through the pathways. So uh, as we said, you know, you actually require pantothenate or B5 um, in conversion of acetyl-CoA, and then that's where cholesterol synthesis is formed in the liver. And via the amount of circulating LDLs, we see a, more of a direct relationship of circulating LDLs in conversion of pregnenolone. And this is where going back to Dr. Alina Deer's episode, where we talked about all-cause mortality reducing with increased levels of total LDL, right? Um, that I think was just a really cool mic drop connection. And the fact that we're talking about when we're going through sexual hormone transition, like perimenopausal women and menopause, LDL levels tend to go up. We know that there's a connection with LDL and estrogen, and pregnenolone is likely the turnkey player, right? So when sexual hormones are changing, pregnenolone and cholesterol are going to respond to that. So from cholesterol to circulating LDLs, we produce pregnenolone. And pregnenolone can either convert directly to progesterone, and progesterone can stay there, or progesterone can then convert into cortisol or into aldosterone. So aldosterone, again, is that steroid hormone that regulates blood pressure with sodium retention, and cortisol is going to be that primary stress-responding anti-inflammatory steroid hormone. So it can, pregnenolone can go into progesterone, which can convert to the two adrenal steroids, aldosterone or cortisol. Or pregnenolone can go direct down to DHEA. So it either makes a turn into progesterone or DHEA. And then from DHEA, as we've discussed in an entire episode on that, um, DHEA is a huge steroidal component of brain function. It itself can convert into testosterone. And then that pathway via testosterone production can convert into estrogen. So when we're talking about low pregnenolone levels, yes, you can get weight gain if you're doing that pregnenolone steal and upregulating cortisol, right? You can get blood pressure irregularities if the progesterone conversion to aldosterone is not appropriate. So with blood pressure irregularities, you can get increased thirst from that, you know, sodium retention connecting to your antidiuretic hormone. You can get fluid retention with low pregnenolone, which would be like edema, fluid retention in the hands, feet, waist area, bloating, right? We can also get impact on uh, low testosterone, as I mentioned. So erectile dysfunction, low libido in men or women, or sexual drive or vigor. We can see low estrogen levels, which can drive things like hot flashes, uh, issues with bone health. And then overall, within the sexual hormone balance, we can see infertility, both from women and men, based on this imbalance. And we often see higher levels of cortisol and prolactin when we're under this pregnenolone steal or fight or flight mode. Those are kind of both flags of stress response and that downregulates our progesterone and estrogen, which is going to make an imbalance for fertility. Okay. And then in terms of other kind of general symptoms, so inflammation might be also a concern. You mentioned um, like the water weight gain and kind of puffiness, but generally speaking, seeing chronic inflammation in the body. Um, What about food sensitivity and histamine reactivity? Totally. So, you know, via cortisol, so if cortisol is too high, right, we, we always talk about how you don't want to just demonize. One of my biggest pet peeves in today's education and and consumers or you know the public uh, and even some medical practitioners educating on functional medicine is the demonization of estrogen and the demonization of cortisol mm-hmm. would you agree like those yeah. are the two things that yeah, I'm always yeah. like 
dude, like, no, estrogen does have a lot of balance actually in necessary roles. Same with cortisol. And so if cortisol is too high, we can see, of course, the belly fat, the, the impacts in that sense, as far as like anxiety, insomnia, waking in the middle of the night, if your cortisol is peaking in the middle of the night. But cortisol has, as a steroid hormone, a lot of anti-inflammatory effects, right? You know, we talk about how you use corticosteroids in the medical world to downregulate excessive chronic inflammation, like bronchitis, right? You would use a prednisone pack if it's very severe, or you might do that after a procedure or do a cortisone injection on your elbow if you have tennis elbow, right? So chronic inflammation can be seen if pregnenolone levels are too low and maybe without or or with the pregnenolone steel, we're just not converting enough cholesterol, excuse me, enough cortisol. So if we're in a state of adrenal fatigue, chronic inflammation is going to be seen. We'll also see more histamine reactivity because cortisol is a natural antihistamine. And we will also see more food sensitivity because we just have more circulating inflammation in the body. And likely we're also susceptible to leaky gut because we're probably in a state of adrenal fatigue because of chronic stress. And we've discussed in many episodes the direct connection of how stress literally drills holes in the gut and destroys gut integrity. So I totally agree. Chronic inflammation, food sensitivity, histamine reactivity, and even chronic fatigue and all of the gamut of cor- of low cortisol values could be seen with low pregnenolone. Sure. And kind of a double-edged sword there where you could see the pregnenolone steel occurring under the, the high cortisol production, there's higher demand. And usually what happens after that is that it burns out and kind of flatlines is what we see. And we get more of the adrenal fatigue type symptoms. What goes up must go down. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, you know, general other symptoms I think would be kind of in that bucket of like um, hormonal symptoms. So you mentioned libido, um, also irregular cycle and mood swings and more other symptoms of, of low hormone in the body. PCOS can be directly related, sure. absolutely. Um, so any forms of irregular periods and hormone dominance or imbalance. So other signs could be like hirsutism, right? So hair growth on the chin in women. Hormonal acne can actually be even pulled back into pregnenolone levels. Um, and so, so much, so much. And uh, the, the big thing to drive home to you listeners is that it's both the influence of having that steroid grandmother hormone pregnenolone and having enough, but also what the liver decides to do as the ping pong machine with the conversion pathways. Pinball machine. <laughs> yes. Isn't that right? Pin, pinball machine. I think you said ping pong. That's okay. Pinball. Um, we were, we were pinball. both trying no, to remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> pinball machine. Mm-hmm. We were both trying to remember um, before starting this episode, that analogy, but yeah, it, it's true when you're talking about these precursor hormones, it's like even, and we'll get into supplementation in a moment, but even if you supplement with, you know, pregnenolone, you can't guarantee what the body's going to decide to actually do with it. And it's likely going to go for that path of like most demand, unless you bring in other factors to kind of um, check that other lifestyle factors, other nutrient cofactors and things of that nature. Totally. Okay. So, um, beyond the pathways that are impacted and some of the kind of signs and symptoms, um, there's some really interesting benefits of balanced pregnenolone that I want to hit on, um, including some benefits for mental health. Um, and even down, um, to, like you said, the neurological piece of the puzzle, I didn't really realize the, um, connection with the myelin sheath. So that would mean that things like MS would have, you know, impact for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, pregnenolone has direct impact in our central nervous system and it benefits the brain by helping regulate myelination or the process of production of myelin, the protective coating that is going to get damaged in neurological conditions. So we think of specifically, yes, with multiple sclerosis, there's this demyelination or this like unraveling and exposure to nerves. And that's where we get neurological distress And protection of myelin can be very beneficial for all neurological conditions, including Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's, even things like ADHD and, and cognitive function. Taking the 
cognitive function a little bit further, we know that also the pregnenolone form of pregnenolone sulfate is a neuroactive metabolite. So pregnenolone hormone has the ability to actually directly impact our neurotransmitters. We've seen in research studies influence on glutamate, GABA, acetylcholine, which is the like primary communicator, as well as norepinephrine, which can counteract that stress chemical epinephrine or adrenaline, right? And dopamine, that bliss reward seeking. And we think of dopamine, again, tied with Parkinson's condition, right? So pregnenolone sulfate can actually work as a neuroactive compound. And we've seen very promising research on schizophrenia with actually a pretty mega like orthomolecular dosage. I believe it was, was it 500 milligrams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we we're not recommending that. <laughs> we would typically we'll get into recommendations later. <laughs> like 10 to 50 max probably. Yeah. So yeah. just so for perspective. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, with chronic schizophrenia in a hospitalized environment, very interesting studies are, are coming out as far as the impact on neurotransmitter and cognitive role of pregnenolone. Um, we've seen influence with uh, tumor activity. Um, we've seen influence with bipolar disorder, depression, and then even inflammatory beyond MS, inflammatory conditions where corticosteroids are often used. So I think of the whole world of like rheumatoid arthritis, right? A lot of these people that are on chronic prednisone for management of cirrhotic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, or other autoimmune inflammatory conditions pregnenolone is likely going to be an appropriate contributor to balance out the inflammation in the body and help to regulate more from the root cause. And then we can even see impact on um, like cosmetic level as far as skin health and wrinkles. We can see an influence um, because that likely converts into, right, if pregnenolone is optimized, that means you have better progesterone and estrogen in theory. And we can even see this cascading into cosmetic levels like body composition. So ample pregnenolone is going to ensure that you have ample muscle mass because of the ability to convert to DHEA and testosterone. Okay. So a lot of really cool research. And I think that's just tip of the iceberg. I found a lot of stuff actually about topical application um, as well beyond wrinkles for um, pain management and things of that nature. Um, but I'll link to a couple of these studies in the show notes. Um, anything else along that neuroplasticity piece of the puzzle that you want to mention? Just the fact that it, like I said, so both direct on the, the myelination, direct on neurotransmitters, and the impact that it actually can support neuron function and neuron health, as well as having that steroidal influence of being anti-inflammatory. So I, I think it's a multifactorial influencer on brain and mood stability, which is really important to consider, especially with that relationship on acetylcholine, which is like the transductor, like the, the, the telephone operator, I think of acetylcholine in the brain as far as neurotransmitter communication imbalance. Awesome. So a lot of functions beyond, you know, the way that we typically, I think, have thought of pregnenolone, that it's this like one-stop shop to cortisol or progesterone and, or coming from progesterone to cortisol. Uh, there's a lot more to it for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So before we get into testing and supplementation and food as medicine, Let's have a quick word from our sponsor before we get too, too nerdy here for today's episode, F-Bomb. Yeah. So F-Bomb is a great fit for today's episode yeah. of the Naturally Nourished podcast because they provide packs of quality fat, uh, macadamia nut, and premium oils that can be conveniently enjoyed by all household members to give a nice boost to the brain, balance hormones, and promote ketone production. So the whole Miller household family loves dropping F-bombs. <laughs> we uh, are big fans of the macadamia nut coconut blend, as well as the macadamia pecan. And um, even the chocolate is a really fantastic one. And one of my favorite elements of Fat Bomb of F-bomb packs is that they do not have any non-caloric sweeteners and they do not have any additives. So they're all whole food based. So we're talking about like three single ingredients, raw macadamia nuts, uh, toasted pecans, and salt 
in the pecan macadamia pack. Yes. And we both, when we were traveling this weekend, had F-bombs on hand. I brought some of their oil packs, which they make um, different blends of macadamia and coconut, even Brazil nut oil, um, as well as avocado and olive oil that can, can be conveniently carried for travel. So that if you're out at a restaurant that doesn't have high quality oils, or a salad dressing that you want to mess with, you can rip one of those open and, and know that you're using good quality fat to support whole body health. Yes. And especially when it comes to our children, you guys know that I'm super passionate about blood sugar regulation and it's both about removal as well as about abundance. So we're always pairing carbs with proteins or healthy fats and fats are a great delivery of brain boosting, grounding, mood stabilizing food. So I love to have F-bomb packs on hand if we're going grocery shopping or running errands. If Stella's starting to have a hanger meltdown, that's one of the best ways to boost her brain uh, fat and help with mood stability. So it can definitely help with temper tantrums, mood stability, reducing irritability, and ultimately working to support cognitive function and giving that ground in mentality. Awesome. And they also have their keto crunch, which if you do dairy are a really awesome snacky option. So a salty, crunchy cheese crispy uh, that has a great texture. It's thicker than the typical like Parmesan crisps that you can get. Yes. Um, so I really, really like that. They can be a really good low carb addition to a cheese plate or something to keep on hand instead of chips or other high carb options. Yes. And I love going back to, again, the non-additives. Yep. F-Bomb uses microbial enzymes in their Keto Crunch rather than adding cellulose. So they're not adding a filler to get that mouthfeel. They're actually working on an enzyme level with microbial players to help to metabolize the, the dairy to get it to that ideal texture. So not adding, but playing with the structure, which I really appreciate and love. So go on over to dropanfbomb.com backslash AllieMillerRD. You will get 10% off all orders. And if you use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout, you get 20% off your first order. Like I said, my favorite is macadamia nut, um, macadamia nut pecan and macadamia nut coconut. Check out all of the things though, but make sure you get a box of each of those. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get back into our, hopefully that was enough of a brain break for listeners. Um, back to today's episode. How do we test for pregnenolone? Can testing cortisol and sexual hormones paint enough of a picture here where we could do something like a salivary hormone test, or do we need to test pregnenolone itself? What do you recommend? I think so, and, and maybe even more comprehensively because I'm always about, as you guys know, results-based testing. Testing that's going to provide you information that is empowering enough to make a intervention, right? So you can just test pregnenolone levels in the blood. Okay. And that's fine. That's an option. Generally, if we're talking about a blood test, I'm going to always want to see total cholesterol, right? Because if someone is hypocholesterolemia or under that 180, I'm going to probably assume that if they're also low in their estradiol, their testosterone, and their DHEA sulfate, those are other blood markers you can take um, and, and get all of those, you know, run through your insurance by your doctor. If all of those are borderline low or low and none of them are elevated, then I'd probably say that pregnenolone would be a good intervention, right? But what I like to, to do instead of that blood marker of just pregnenolone and some of those downstream players is I like to run the Neurohormone Complete Plus panel. And that's the one that I offer on our website. Um, it's under the My Clinic tab of the AllieMillerRD.com website under functional advanced tests and neurohormone complete plus for women or neurohormone complete for men. The reason I like running this is this is going to show us more detailed and results based on an influencing factor. So we'll actually see a four point uh, display of cortisol cascade in the body we will be able to see the output from the adrenal glands also of DHEA, 
as well as from the medulla of the adrenal gland, looking at the dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. So I can see a very therapeutic output of the adrenals if maybe there's over output of epinephrine, the stress responding chemical, right? Um, and there's high DHEA, but low cortisol, that individual would not be a candidate for pregnenolone as an intervention because they may continue to convert that pregnenolone into DHEA instead of cortisol, right? So, so I like looking at the neurohormone complete and looking at the salivary markers of cortisol, DHEA, as well as the neurotransmitter markers of the adrenals. And then also what that panel gives me is the sexual hormones and in a very detailed free circulating hormone expressive level. So I'm actually able to look at the estrone, estradiol, and estriol in women, all three forms of estrogen. I'm able to look at pregnenolone and um, E2 in, when, in women and men. That's the estradiol. We look at that in both men and women. And then preg progesterone, as well as testosterone. So we get to look at also the sexual hormone levels because this allows us to see on a results-based kind of end point where the metabolism of the pregnenolone hormone has gotten the individual. And then you can look at other sexual hormone panels, like the Dutch panel does look at the metabolism of cortisol and the metabolism of the hormone metabolites, if you will. So like the alpha and beta forms of conversions of hormones, and that will give us a look directly at pregnenolone. So that is one that I run in clinic, but I will say I more often or frequently order the Neurohormone Complete Plus because of that addition of neurotransmitters being the signals of the drive of the stress response. And I feel that that's a really good holistic approach. Sure. And would give us more into the why factor of why is pregnenolone low in the first place? And then, you know, like you said, looking at other markers to make sure that pregnenolone would be an appropriate supplementation versus if we just looked at a blood pregnenolone that was low, we wouldn't know that whole story. Yeah. And, and I just want to note again on the cholesterol piece, I see this so often in perimenopausal and menopausal women where all of a sudden LDL will shoot up. And also at that time, again, thyroid can be thrown a little bit off. And this is all very connected. So remember, LDL will increase in response to inflammation in the body, right? If it's if you're if you're going through an injury or repair mode, LDL is going to go up. If you have a dynamic hormone shift, aka menopause, and your estrogen level is declining, LDL is going to go up because it's trying to help your body to compensate for declining hormone. So what you would not want to do at that time is bring in a statin drug to block that HMG-CoA reductase. Now I'm going to say the enzyme as many times as I can because I tripped up on it. Um, but you know you don't you don't want to block a production pathway because the body is responding in a favorable biochemical way to help to compensate for the low estrogen. Okay. So super, super important to note that those shifts are normal and they're the body trying to <laughs> repair yeah, itself. Yeah, help you out. Not, it's yeah. trying to help you out, sister. So <laughs> Doesn't just need to take be it blocked. <laughs> right. Right. I, I can't tell you, honestly, it's like every single week. It's it's a it's a very strong connection of women as they reach age 50, their LDL goes up. And it does not have to necessarily do with diet. It can be literally your body biochemically responding to declines in estrogen. Body is smart, you guys. It knows what it's yep. doing. <laughs> yep. Um, and then if we do see some of these factors to be low, like we're looking at um, – low overall sexual hormones and low cortisol, um, how would we treat then the implied low pregnenolone? Or if we have a low pregnenolone value, how would we get that back in check? So the first and most important component is going to be regulating that HPA access, right? So you need to reduce the distress signaling and the response from the body of being in this reactive fight or flight mode and get into that regulatory parasympathetic state. So stress management, ample sleep, and regulating the HPA access with adaptogenic herbs, nervines, 
supporting vitamin C levels um, for cortisol productivity, right? And working with things like L-theanine and B vitamins. So my first go-to in this world, and this is like so full circle always because I'm like, you guys, you got to start with the stress manager bundle or the adrenal rehab bundle because the stress manager bundle in the Naturally Nourished Supplement line is going to have Calm and Clear. And Calm and Clear is going to be a great pendulum regulator. I think of Calm and Clear as literally regulating the HPA axis to swing where it needs to swing. Um, So it's going to give you the B vitamins to aid as cofactors for neurotransmitter production. It's going to give you a nice boost of that pantothenic acid for the overall production. It's going to give you nervines, which help to mellow out your nervous system stress response, as well as adaptogens to help you to adapt to stress demand. And then L-theanine, which again, remember, is that pilot for the brain chemistry that aids in your alpha brainwave expression. And that's what's helping with concentration, creative thoughts, your REM cycles of sleep. So that's a primary regulator, the calm and clear. And that's in both the stress manager bundle and the adrenal rehab bundle. Also, both of the bundles have an overlap of adaptogen boost as a formula because adaptogen boost is a blend of cordyceps, uh, also going to provide us uh, Panax ginseng and rhodiola. And these three are protective of the thyroid gland in times of stress, protective in, of the adrenals, helping with ample adrenal output, and aiding in resilience to stress-induced fatigue. So that's going to help us to be more energized, responsive to stress without depleting the adrenal glands and driving that steel or driving depletion of production. And then the variance of those two bundles is the stress manager bundle is going to give GABACOM, the chewable form that's going to give us that immediate kind of light switch mellow out to the anxiety stress chemical response, that white knuckle effect of excitatory stress. And so GABACOM can be taken at times of flying, public speaking, transition um, or anticipated distress from giving a presentation, performance review, arriving home after an argument with your spouse. Um, And then the adrenal rehab, the variance there is that that has adrenal glandular compound. um, And that is going to be focused more if we know we have low cortisol and DHEA and we're at that state of more of adrenal fatigue. So the adrenal glandular will actually start to help in that production of pregnenolone from the adrenal gland itself as well by supporting the whole gland. So figuring out where you fall on that stressed and wired versus stressed and tired pendulum. And yes, you could be both, in which case it would just be appropriate to add on the formula that's not already in your bundle. We get that question a lot. Um, in so, our program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yes. I don't know what I just said. Um, <laughs> there's a Memorial Day barbecue that just started going on outside my window. So I got a little oh. distracted. Hopefully you guys can't hear too much of it. Um, I don't hear anything now. Good, good, good. Um, So it would be appropriate to add on though, like the GABACOM to the adrenal rehab bundle or vice versa, adding that adrenal glandular support onto the stress manager bundle. Um, But either way, getting a rein on that HPA access is a lot of times, like you said, the first step of intervention versus going straight for the pregnenolone, which isn't going to address a lot of the root cause. Yes. And now if you're working with those bundles and those formulas, and then you've done advanced testing and you still know, especially if you're in an area of having a uh, diagnosis of some form of chronic inflammatory disease or condition or neurological, or you're dealing with infertility or sexual hormone imbalance, then yes, you might want to dig deeper into functional testing. And if you already are working with the Calm and Clear and the Adaptogen Boost and maybe the Adrenal Support Compound, you may consider pregnenolone supplementation as a like fourth tier add-on, but I would first, to be clear, start with those primary interventions. Pregnenolone supplementation itself, though, can be very therapeutic. There's been various double-blind studies, you know, using placebo versus active pregnenolone compound, and we see the most successful outcomes in mental illness, so bipolar disorder of depression, uh, schizophrenia, as well as cognitive 
cognitive enhancement. And like we said, that dosage is going to be substantially higher than I've ever used in clinical practice and should probably be done in more of an inpatient environment. But generally speaking, if we're talking infertility, chronic fatigue, brain fog, end stage three adrenal fatigue while working with glandulars in these compounds, some range between 10 to 50 milligrams would likely be appropriate. But the big thing to emphasize again, as a, I almost said ping pong now, wait, as a pinball, pinball, as a pinball, right, this grandmama hormone, you need to test if you're going to bring in pregnenolone because otherwise you could be driving the imbalance from the steel. So if your body is stealing pregnenolone and converting it to cortisol, you would not want to bring in pregnenolone because your cortisol levels might go super elevated then because you're already driving that pathway. You might do better supplementing with progesterone bioidentical cream, right? And working with the stress manager bundle, and then even potentially considering some other support to work on the pathways. Like if you have estrogen dominance on top of that, you might bring in our ultimate detox, which helps with the calcium D-gluconate to regulate the removal of estrogen from the colon. And that's going to help in that circulating hormone balance and be more directive versus just giving something as the top precursor and hoping <laughs> that it, it, it falls in the right column. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think, you know, that's a good kind of blanket statement across any hormonal intervention. I think so often we hear these podcasters out there like us um, saying things about bioidentical progesterone, XYZ, and and that's not something that would be appropriate, um, even the pregnenolone to go out and just buy like on Amazon and start using without any testing. I agree. Right. That that can drive distress and imbalance. And even if it's natural, may not be appropriate. Sure. Um, but food as medicine would be appropriate. Um, Absolutely. To, um, you know, bring in some things that can help to support, for example, our cortisol levels if they're known to be low. Oh yeah. And, and even, I mean, honestly, you can use the food as medicine interventions without yeah. any known, like sure. vitamin C is going to help in cortisol production, but also cortisol metabolism. So doing high dose vitamin C is very safe and sound regardless of where your cortisol demand and output lies. Uh, the body is very intuitive with its utilization of vitamin C. So like two to three grams a day of vitamin C would be appropriate. And we are coming out with a bioflavonoid whole food enhanced vitamin C. It's something that has been in the works for a long time. So stay tuned. I don't have the name yet, but you'll see me launch it in the next probably four weeks. And that is, I, I have been researching the best vitamin C's on the market and this is it. So I don't have the name for what quote unquote this is, but it's going to be amazing. So you can take vitamin C in supplement form. Eating obviously fresh produce is your best delivery of vitamin C from leafy greens, but we also think of like berries and citrus and bell peppers as great sources of vitamin C. I would also connecting the dots of the vitamin C rich foods, think of magnesium. Remember the mood stabilizing mineral. Magnesium is the ultimate chill pill. So this is also going to help in the metabolism of cortisol. It's also going to help, especially if you're doing a ketogenic diet as a supporter of your electrolyte stability, which allows that aldosterone, the steroid hormone that regulates your sodium retention to be in less demand. Um, eating ample salt would be along those lines also recommended and going back full circle to vitamin C, excuse me, to magnesium, the relax and regulate would be fantastic for another reason in the sense that relax and regulate has not only magnesium bisglycinate, but it has myo-inositol. And inositol has been shown in studies, especially in both men and women, to help with sexual hormone, but it helps ovarian function support. So if we're getting that cortisol steal, the relax and regulate could be one of the best pillars that's going to drive ovarian sexual hormone production and help to promote that progesterone and estrogen versus suppressing that. Um, so relax and regulate would be a really good one. I'd throw up with the stress support bundle and the adrenal rehab. And then for magnesium rich foods, we think about nut flowers, nut butters, nuts and seeds, leafy greens as well. And then B vitamins as food as medicine would be super important. And these are going to be found very high in our animal products. Um, and then also in the, uh, leafy greens and other foods, 
that I just listed. Uh, generally speaking, as far as like a macros approach or whatnot, remember that all hormone is made from fat. So a diet that is high in fat is going to be absolutely essential for rebounding your pregnenolone and supporting this whole access of both adrenal steroidal hormones and sexual hormone production. So considering a ketogenic diet and eating a diet generally that is dominant in fat as far as your macros go and saturated fats tend to be the most therapeutic for hormone balance in the body. So we're talking about quality pasture-raised proteins. We're talking about using fats like lard and rendered tallow. We're talking about coconut oil, um, extra virgin coconut oil in our cold things, or maybe even refined coconut oil in uh, roasting, ghee, grass-fed butter. All of these are going to be very therapeutic for rebalancing and helping production of pregnenolone. Again, V that it's coming from our cholesterol. Yes. So keto would be very appropriate whether or not looking for weight loss, honestly, in terms of hormonal balance. And, and, you know, like you said, fat would be essential to building those hormones back up. Yeah. And one of the big mechanisms of why keto is such an awesome tool for fertility and also getting your period back. If you were dealing with hypothalamic amenorrhea, the ketogenic diet can be very favorable to support sexual hormone balance. Now, the only thing to note, which is really important is, you know, that the ketogenic diet is also hormetic. And so it is a form of a stressor to the body. So it's also really important that if you're doing keto for hormone balance and you suspect adrenal fatigue or low pregnenolone and low hormone output, that you also do not consume excessive caffeine. You actually want to reduce your caffeine because that's going to stimulate the epinephrine stress signaling, right? So reduction of caffeine. And I would say moderate your exercise so that it's not too high intensity. Movement therapy is great for parasympathetic. So walking is fantastic. Getting outside, yoga, some light weights could be fantastic, but definitely not the HIIT training. Um, getting ample sleep, managing your stress, um, all of that really important. And I'm, I wouldn't be a fan of intermittent fasting in individuals that are low pregnenolone because that puts the body into a reactive food insecure state. Now you could do a heavy fat fast, meaning that you consume about 200 plus calories of pure fat in the morning. And that may work okay for sexual hormone balance to give you that boost and support ketone production. Um, but I would not do a, um, just like water or black coffee or plain tea intermittent fast if you're low hormone to start. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And then um, real quick back to um, B vitamins in terms of food as medicine. I know pantothenate has a specific role in cholesterol synthesis. So focusing yes. on foods that are rich in pantothenate like our beef and cauliflower, eggs, Absolutely. Avocado, mushrooms, sweet potatoes. And then like you said, with beef, all of our protein really is going to have pantothenate. So beef, poultry, seafood, eggs, fish, all those are fantastic. And that's also where keto fits really well because you're eating a, a majority of fats and then quality saturated fat. If it's a clean keto, right? Um, a real food approach like we do in our food is medicine program. And um, we want to produce cholesterol to produce pregnenolone. Absolutely. Okay. So now that we understand that pregnenolone is really that kind of grandmama builder of all of our sexual hormone needs and steroid hormone needs of the body, um, what about if, um, so if all of the downstream players are low, if we're just kind of flat overall in terms of cortisol, in terms of hormones, yes, pregnenolone supplementation might be appropriate. But what if some levels are elevated? You mentioned like if estrogen is high, bringing in ultimate detox would be appropriate. Um, what about if testosterone is high or are there other um, hormonal imbalances? So yeah, I think that that's a great point to make. You know, all of this is primarily done in the liver and all of these conversions are required by liver enzyme pathways. Like we're talking about hydroxylation, we're talking about cytochrome P450 enzyme. And so if there's sluggishness in the liver in general, we are not going to have favorable sexual hormone production or corticosteroid production. And so this can create imbalance in the body and um, dominance uh, of certain hormones, which could throw 
ultimately the whole function off. Um, and so the first place that I would start is by supporting the liver and the detox pathways. So ultimate detox specifically is phase two detox enzymes. And those are what focus primarily on the encapsulation and excretion, that actual gathering of the toxins that have been activated and the removal from the body. But I would definitely emphasize for individuals that this is a fit, the 10-day detox packs. So both Becky and I use these pretty much anytime we drink alcohol. And we also will use them on like, you know, three or five day, like long weekend or weekend runs to just kind of support the detox metabolic pathways in the body. And then we still do a focused 10 day detox about quarterly or at least semi-annually. It really depends on social calendar and and what else lays out throughout the year, but at least twice a year, a, a targeted 10 day detox using 30 of these packs in that period of time. Um, and then we pulse the packs, you know, a pack at night, a pack during the day, um, based on, you know, lifestyle and stress demands on the body. And the benefit of the 10-day detox packs, it has five capsules in there. Three of them are the ultimate detox, which you can also, like I said, buy on its own. And then for anyone that has estrogen dominance, I recommend that. Um, And then also it is going to have a liver gallbladder supporter. So that's more supportive for phase one activity, which is stimulation of liver function Um, and really essential if we're talking about this stagnation or imbalance in the body. And then there's also an antioxidant blend with phyto compounds to protect against free radical damage during that activation of toxin in the body. So the 10-day detox packs would be super appropriate paired with the stress support to aid in this pregnenolone pathway. Okay, awesome. That totally makes sense as a good entry point if our hormones are just kind of like overall wonky or if we're experiencing symptoms of hormonal imbalances. Yeah. And I I always say it in this sense, like you never want to add lighter fluid to the fire, right? So if the body's making too much of anything, if your body's making too much cortisol, if your body's making too much testosterone as a female, if your body's making too much estrogen as a male or female, you want to remove the excess. And that means starting with optimizing your detox pathways. You always want to remove the excess before you provide a building block. And hopefully that's been like ring, like we've rang at home to the cows come home in today's episode as far as, you know, we always like, I like to use in functional medicine upstream medicine, meaning I love building blocks, but I like to make sure that the downstream element is full steam ahead, clear, right? We don't have any blockages in the pathways. We don't have any dominance in the pathways because if that's the case, then using something upstream may drive continual distress. So we have to wring out the excess before we can work the production pathway. And and within that, I would say we have to wring out the excess and reduce the stimulant. How about that? So we have to both support detox and HPA access before we can think about adding in bioidenticals and and building blocks for the system. Awesome. I think that makes a lot of sense and kind of drives that home a little bit further. So hopefully you guys got that. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I think, you know, revisit our detox uh, episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we had one, what was that called about like why you need to keep detox on keto or something like that? Detox on keto. And then we also have one on liver support specifically too. So yeah. I'll both of those in our show notes. Because right, today. all of those foods, you know, again, bitters, things that stimulate bile flow, the liver turmeric shooter, all of these things would be super therapeutic for that pregnenolone steel. So we'll put all of these links in our show notes. I did it again and went over so we don't have time for Q&A. We'll just have to do an entire episode, <laughs> yeah, Becky, on Q&A. Yeah, I don't know what we Because otherwise, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm always going to nerd out for an hour, you guys. Um, so here we are at the past hour mark. So I'm not going to take any Q&A today, but I hope that today shed some light on the importance of pregnenolone as a steroid builder and a sexual hormone precursor and has empowered you with, again, reconnecting to if we don't manage stress, We're setting up the system for imbalance. So when you all sign off, 
take a deep breath. Um, make sure that you go on over to Amazon and pre-order a copy of the Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook because that's a great way to have tasty delivery to offset your HPA access and get you all, again, in a stress-free way to eat your way to mellow. And when you're on Amazon, please leave me a review for the Anti-Anxiety Diet. If you have a copy of that book and if you don't, make sure you purchase a copy because that's really the science and the story of of this connection of stress. And I can't tell you already how many people daily that I get messages from who are saying that they're getting life-changing impact from the information in that book. And it's really a passion project of mine that I'm so proud of. So I would love to get to 100 Amazon reviews. I think I'm in the 90s now. So that would be fantastic if you just take a moment and go on over there. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Always keep sharing um, your listening of the Naturally Nourished podcast and um, stay engaged on Allie Miller RD on Instagram. And um, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.